and welcome back to another episode of Breaking the Egg. As always, we are your hosts. I'm Karina. I'm Lauren. I'm Jalen. And I'm Liang. Um, and today we're missing Matt, but he'll be back next time. So today is a very special episode, and it's one of my favorites probably because we are going to be talking about Studio Ghibli and Hayao Miyazaki this entire episode. Um, so I'm really excited because I think all of us here have watched at least one Studio Ghibli film. And to kick it off, uh, the first question I wanted to ask is, what was the very first Studio Ghibli that you were introduced to? So I'll go first. I think um, in previous episodes, I mentioned that I grew up with Studio Ghibli. And I honestly don't know when exactly that point of entry of knowing about it I just known all my life growing up um specifically I would say maybe like the Disney versions because you know at some point Studio Ghibli um in the U.S. was the rights were given to Disney so I watched a lot of the My Neighbor Totoro what I would say is my the first movie I can remember growing up with um and I watched like all the different versions of it because it was dubbed by different sets of peoples at, growing up. So yeah, I definitely say for me, it was Totoro and it was probably my older cousins introducing it. I would say a mm-hmm. lot of what I knew growing up was influenced by um, some older cousins that I had. And some of the other memories I have of Studio Ghibli would be... Um, one point they were watching Spirited Away. And for me, I don't know about you, but I watched it when I was younger. So No Face really, really scared <laughs> me. So I, at one point, just could not watch the film with them and would just go into another room while they were all watching it because I was just like, nope, I refuse. Um, So those are like my early memories of Studio Ghibli being in my childhood. I feel like Spirited Away is... A movie that everyone sees when they're really young and then they either love it or they're terrified of it yeah i watched that with my little sister and she was pretty freaked out and then she didn't want to watch the rest (laughs) (laughs) um i think my the first movie i ever saw from studio ghibli was howl's moving castle and it's because my older sister actually saw it in school and she came home and she's like this is the best movie ever you need to watch it and i think we rented it from a dvd store and we put it in and we watched it and oh my god it was so good and then we went on this huge hayao miyazaki studio ghibli binge so yeah that was my very first introduction to that world or me, I was first introduced um, to Studio Ghibli in high school, actually, and that's mostly because I grew up with literally, like, only white friends, and I first finally had, like, Asian friends in high school. It took a while, but we got there, and then <laughs> I never watched it growing up because no one in my family really watched it, and neither did any of like my relatives mm-hmm. and but I remember I I remember watching Ponyo and I didn't learn until like way later in life that that was a Studio Ghibli movie but I watched that was probably my first one that I'd seen wait it Ponyo's was... not Studio Ghibli oh, I thought it was 
Oh yeah, it is. I didn't know that until like way later on. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, has my life been a lie? <laughs> so, I yeah, feel like I it's just like a newer one. Yeah. So it's a little yeah. bit different style. It's more it's more childlike, I would say. Kind of like growing up with Totoro. It just it has good meanings in it, but also like the the intentions of it is very much for children, I feel like. With yeah. the antics and all of it compared to some of the other films that are just as good, but have maybe a more serious note throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Ponyo was, I think that was because at the time it was owned by Disney yeah. when that was released. So that's why I assumed that it was Disney because oh, okay. I don't think on the front it said specifically like credits to Studio Ghibli or anything like that. Yeah, I think when it got released, because it was one of those films that actually got released in movie theaters in the U.S., that there was like a Disney Studio Ghibli kind of merge. Uh, I guess for me also, I found out um, like my exposure to Studio Ghibli was like at a family friend's house. They were basically kind of, we would visit like a family friend that lives like a couple cities over they would just go there to like chat up and hang out with them and i would just be like in the living room or like in another room with the tv just by myself just watching wherever they have and i think i forgot what tv channel was but the house moving castle was showing on it and i was basically like so amazed by haku's dragon form <laughs> so i don't know something just so beautiful about it especially the part where like um the dragon form kind of like dissipates in a way and then it shows like Haku. Mm. I was like oh my god this is so cool oh so, like when they're falling and yeah. then she's like oh like, your name is the Haku River wait it's not Haku River but it's something Kohaku. I think it's Kohaku River Kohaku oh, River oh, yeah. Kohaku. like it's a little bit longer and they shortened <laughs> to Haku just like yeah, yeah that was so a, that's an iconic scene yeah so I know this is like a really hard question because mm-hmm. I personally love almost all of mm-hmm. Studio Ghibli films. But what yeah. would you say is your favorite? Um, I'm trying to remember what I, I said earlier. Um, Howl's Moving Castle or Castle in the Sky. So ones that both have castles in them. Uh, and I think Howl's Moving Castle because I love the storyline. I watched it most frequently like every time I want a good Ghibli movie that's kind of my default one and Castle in the Sky is good but I feel like for me at least I just have to be in a certain mood to want to watch it and it's a little bit longer and I think it's because you're dealing with at least the the two main characters Patsu and Shita they're a little bit younger so their behavior is a little bit childish while as with Sophie and Howell they're more like adult like and I don't get as frustrated with how they're acting. I have a follow up, like an important okay. question they ask whenever someone asks if they like Kyle's Moving Castle. Do okay, you like him it. as a blonde or as like a the dark hair, blue hair? Dark hair. The dark Same. Hair. I, I just I, can't when anyone either. says they like him blonde because I was like, yeah. he just looks like a playboy. I, I was like, what are you doing? I mean, his natural hair. I'm pretty sure is that dark blue black color. It is because when you see the flashback, it's a kid. That's his hair color. Why did you dye this? I don't understand what your thought process was. And also that one moment when his hair is orange 
when she like messes with his potions and then he like runs down the stairs he's like what did you do i'm like it's not that bad but can we be honest the blonde wasn't really working for you anyway so (laughs) this is a silver lining yeah i think because also like when you think about it um i guess disclaimer for anyone who hasn't watched like certain studio ghibli movies we're gonna be talking about spoilers but like you know when he turns into his like bird form like his feathers are blue so when he has blonde hair it just looks like it just doesn't work for me yes i'm glad that you also agree though Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah good thing blonde howl was only there for like 10 minutes maybe a little longer but yeah. it's yeah. probably longer but <laughs> <laughs> you don't think about it so i'll go next so i really love if i had to pick one i say because i really like a lot of them right i would say nausicaa which is a very underrated and not well-known yeah. film so i mm-hmm. definitely love to talk about it it has a very strong female protagonist mm-hmm. um as well as a very deep and serious message i mean all of his movies do but i think the metaphor is a lot more in your face um so for those who have never like seen it the message is really about right environmentalism which is a lot of what his movies are about and in this movie it takes form of the sea of decay and these like kind of grotesque scary bugs and so i know that's why some people don't like that film because they're like oh these bugs look creepy but it's like a really good me- like metaphor. Um, it is there's a little bit of violence in it, I will just say, but it's nothing too major. But there's a lot of like raw emotions that Nausicaa goes through and like recognizing um how to be a good leader and princess for her village, but as well as trying to, you know, single handedly figure out what the reason why there's so many fighting and why the sea of decay like exists um so i just really really love that film and always tell people it's my favorite to also i guess as as a way to be like hey you should also see this film because no hate for like any of the films already mentioned but um I think when a lot of times when people think about studio ghibli i think the first one right is usually spirited away because they did win um, Mm -hmm. an oscar for that film or like totoro because it's like a childhood favorite but there's just other so many good masterpieces by hao miyazaki as well as the studio that should also be watched so and fun fact he i think nausicaa is like one of the first films that he ever did along with um lupin um, and originally how Nausicaa came to be was he was inspired by a book and he originally, I think, first made a manga of Nausicaa and then he made the film. Um, the manga, I definitely will say, is very different from how the film turned out to be, but they're both very good. Um, but I would say the manga is a little bit more dark than the film. I love your answer, how it was like... I like Nausicaa, here's why. And I was like, how is moving Castle over Castle in the Sky because the characters are just so childish? (laughs) (laughs) So my favorite would probably be Spirited Away. Mm -hmm. And that's because it deals with, like, the heavier topic of, like, sins. But Mm. also, I've never... Well, it's obviously, like, Studio 
Ghibli is known for this, but I had never seen an animated, like, an animated anything taking on, like, a really heavy topic like that. So I thought that's, like, one of my main reasons why I love Spirit of the Way. And also, the female characters are just, like, so cool. And I want, Mm -hmm. I just, like, want to be them when I grow up. They're so, like, badass. I love it. Uh, I guess I can go next. It's that I also would agree with Spirit of the Way. Adding on to it, it actually, um, the one thing that uh, caught my eye like in the very beginning was that um, how she has to confront with change, basically like a new life. Mm-hmm. And this was very much something that kind of hit hard to me. Like around the time um, I was, uh, I think the around the time I first watched it was like when I was in elementary school. So I was still basically, I, I remember actually, I think, I don't know if it's when I changed schools or not, but um, mm-hmm. it was basically around a time where I was still like even when I was still staying in one school it I still was having to like adapt um mm-hmm. to changes especially in like a new environment besides like home so mm-hmm. but also it I think I never actually really realized that it also does like um confront sins as well like and also responsibilities like you have to take responsibility for mm-hmm. at such a young age and that very much surprised me, and now it actually changed my almost my whole worldview. Yeah. Also, I feel like she had such good character development because she turned from this not to be harsh, but kind of like whiny, yeah. clingy little girl, yeah, yeah, to this yeah. independent, polite, kind, thinking of others uh, main character. I thought that was such great growth. So yeah, I definitely understand why those are your favorite films. So going on to the next question, who was your favorite protagonist? Like out of all the Studio Ghibli films that are out there, who is your favorite protagonist and who is your favorite antagonist? So my favorite protagonist and antagonist, both from Spirited Away. Amazing. My protagonist is probably Lynn. She's just like, yes. I love her as like an older sister because I'm the oldest and seeing her mm-hmm. as like this like guiding character, I was like, oh. Wow, I love you. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, she's just so cool. And I love how, like, she acts as, like, a motherly figure for, like, everyone, like, throughout the film, in my opinion. And then my favorite antagonist is, correct me if I'm saying this wrong, but Ka- Kaunashi. Is that the Boiler Man? That's the, that's the no face. That's, like, oh. his, like, oh. name. <laughs> like, actual he, name. His cowl is, like, face. Uh-huh. So, yeah. yeah. So, oh. no face in English for those. Oh. 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 Thank <laughs> you, Lauren. But, um, yeah, I like that he... These are all just, like, regular people, but he brought out, like, the bad in them. Like, he didn't, mm-hmm. like, make them bad. They were already bad to begin with, and he just, mm-hmm. like brought out that side so i thought that was really a smart smartly written character I yeah how miyazaki does a really good job of because a lot of times right when we say protagonist antagonist it's very like black and white yeah. and like mm-hmm. you're good and evil but with miyazaki films a lot of the times sometimes it's not really necessarily an antagonist it's more of like we as humans are flawed um, and in a lot of ways, these antagonists can actually grow and develop to be 
better because like no face right decides mm-hmm. to stay at um at was it Obama's sister's, oh sister's place? Yeah, and like very mellowed out. Um, because I'll go next. I would say my favorite protagonist would be Nausicaa. <laughs> surprise, surprise! For my favorite film, <laughs> but then I guess like favorite. I wouldn't say necessarily antagonist, but just like you know the foil character in the film would be Lady Yaboshi because she's seen as you know evil because she is trying to harm the environment and cut down the forest for iron but what's really great is Miyazaki shows that yes she's flawed but like the reasoning behind it is she wants to help the Mm -hmm. village town that she grew and you see the glimpse of this of like these are all the people that I've helped and Um, They are helping me by creating these greater guns. And while, yes, these are evil, it's a way to help improve and defend our village. So it's not purely, purely evil. She's doing this because she really actually does care. Um, And, you know, spoiler, but at the end, she does kind of go, "Mm, maybe, um, you know, they were right in that we should put down our guns and try to work with the environment. So there is room for people to learn and to grow. So, yeah. So my favorite protagonist is Arietti. I think she's so cool. I love her. I think she's so brave going out and helping and wanting to support her family and making sure everything is okay because it is dangerous for them. They're so small And they're living in a world with humans where either they want to be captured and put on display. And there are so few of them left. And she's just so positive about it all the time. She's so positive about life, about what to look forward to, and how there has to be other... I'm blanking on what they call themselves, but, you know, more of them out there, even when call themselves borrowers borrowers yeah yeah because it's actually like there there's a book right so it's like based on like that kind of Mm storyline so i just thought she was a great protagonist she really just relies on herself she's very independent um, and again very positive about how her life is going to be And my favorite antagonist, I don't see him as an antagonist, but he is the antagonist of the movie. And I think Hayao Miyazaki does a really good job of, you don't really hate his, like, antagonists. You kind of, you understand where they're coming from. And mine is Ponyo's dad. (laughs) I forget his name. And I love him because he just wants what's best for his daughter. And... Mm -hmm. He's everything he does, it's because he's worried about her and he's afraid that people are going to take advantage of her because she's so young and naive. And there's a great risk to what Ponyo is doing, and she's upsetting the balance of the universe and he's trying to make it all right in his own way. And that's why he's my favorite because he's honestly trying to do what he thinks is best for everyone and yeah that's my answer yeah like i love an him. antagonist from like a caring standpoint yeah he doesn't see what he's doing wrong or why ponyo is constantly trying to get away from him 
And I mean, he's he's trying his best, and I I can appreciate that. Yeah, I think after I actually want I'm actually like listening now. It's like I feel like I want to change my answers, <laughs> like what to what I had in mind. <laughs> because originally yeah. my favorite protagonist is actually Panya. I think mm. I don't know. There's like something just funky about her. She's just <laughs> she <laughs> wants. She goes for what she wants. That's something to be admired. Yeah, honestly. Also, I coming to realize, like, in a way, that's like the story of Panyo is kind of like the Little Mermaid in some mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like looking yeah. at it's like, oh, it's like the Little Mermaid, <laughs> like having she wants to be a real girl. pretty much. <laughs> um, um, hmm. and then my favorite po- uh, antagonist, I think it would be you. Um, Yubaba from Spirited Away as well. Mm, good because, one. Like, looking yeah. back, it's like she was she was trying to basically like like trying to provide and like what do what she thinks is best for her child. It's I guess it's very much like I also sympathize with her in some sense because she was just trying to figure out what she thought was best for her kid. Those are so... all great answers, honestly. I mean, I don't think you could go wrong. I feel like all the, his characters, are, um, protagonists or antagonists, are great. So. Yeah. Just curious to see what you guys had said. So I think a really good question that you came up with that I would really love to hear is um, if you can live in like any studio, Ghibli film and live out the story, what would it be? I'll go first because we were talking about this earlier. Um, From Up on Poppy Hill, spoiler alert, minus where they think they're related to each other. And... Here's why. I love the story from Up on Poppy Hill because I feel like you get a great sense of family and it takes place in Japan and I love Japan. And the story is basically about preserving your past and your history and making sure that we don't forget where we came from. And even though things are moving forward, we shouldn't knock down like in in the story. In the movie, the story is they're trying to protect this old building that has a lot of meaning to the community. And the, I'm not sure if, I think the mayor, the mayor wants to use that space to build something a lot more flashier and bigger and better. And they're just trying to make the mayor understand why this landmark is so important to them. And I just thought that was such a great story to be told especially nowadays where everyone wants what's new what's faster and another reason I would want to be in this film than his other films is because there's no magic and while I'm usually all for (laughs) magic I would just be afraid to be like cursed or stuck in the spirit realm or be Uh turned into an old lady um so yeah, I think it's just such a sweet movie. What you see is what you get. And it's just really, I feel like it'd be a very interesting, but also comfortable story to be living in. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I like want to tag on to this because I would also say either from Up on Poppy Hill or Whisper of the Heart, which are both um, storylines about people in high school. So from Up on Poppy Hill, I was actually recently watching it <laughs> just because, it's like so you good. mentioned, it's so good. Um, and also just to give context to like part of the storyline you're talking about, it was the film was being set in the 1960s when Japan was set to hold the Olympics. When the Olympics were 
about to take place and they were trying to clean everything up, right? To make it look a little bit nicer, getting ready for everyone else to come. Yeah, and I feel like we're seeing that even today. I mean, actually, there is talks, right, at a certain point after the next Olympics is going to be in France. And actually, this past year, right, as we're talking about, it was in Tokyo. And then after France, they're thinking about doing L.A. And so there's talk about, you know, what do we want to do to showcase um, our country? And I think there is a lot to be said of wanting to keep traditions because it's important. And because I recently watched it, there are certain lines that I remember. And there's this one point where the main guy character was talking about. I love him, by the way. He's my favorite guy <laughs> character of all time. <laughs> Even more than Hal? Um, oh. Uh, <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but he was talking about, you know, during one of the debates, he was like, we shouldn't just listen to what everyone else is saying and just do it because we want to follow the crowd. Like, it's very important to preserve tradition. I also think that's very much maybe a Japanese or an Asian kind of value that I hold on to is like, there is tradition that I want to keep, you know, because it is important to remember certain things. So... Also, from Up on Poppy Hill, has a really good soundtrack. Just Such right a away. good soundtrack. Like Such the a first good one. song, the breakfast <gasps> song. Oh, so oh my gosh, yes. But when as well the as, yes. Um, but as well as they, for me, it's nostalgic, which might sound weird for people because it's a very old song, but the English name of the song is Sukiyaki. And for me, I just grew up with it. It just reminds me of my grandpa. Yeah, and I feel like every Japanese-American has heard that song before. So I would say From Up on Poppy Hill is really good. I definitely would throw in this debate, right? Sub versus dub. Um, I grew up listening to dub, but as I got older, I very appreciate the original in Japanese, so I prefer subtitles. So when I was re-watching this film... I was watching it with subtitles and like, Karina, if you haven't done it yet, I highly suggest doing it subtitles okay. because the storyline is very different. Wait, it is? Like, it's the way they tell the story is different. So oh, like, okay. I would just explain, like not to spoil too much, but in the beginning, in the English version, there's like a voiceover that just explain mm-hmm. like the whole background, like the time period, what's going on. In the Japanese version, you don't get that. You just get very calm, like, just watching the scenery. And you slowly, as the film goes on, learn, like, where it's being set, mm-hmm. what her backstory is like. And oh. I think that's the difference between U.S. and Japanese storytelling is, like, for Americans, we want to, like, know everything at the beginning. Like, where is this taking place? Who are the characters? Where are their backstories? Where, as, like, with Miyazaki films, it's, like, very slowly, subtle like, we're going into the story. I will also note, though, like, From Up on Peppy Hill is one of the films that was actually done by Hao Miyazaki's son, Goro Miyazaki. 
Um, but the storyline and the artwork is very much still kind of like his father. I mean, the father did have um, some oversight and was assisting his son with the film. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned that out because there was a documentary that was being done um, during the time period of when this film was being created. Um and I did also mention Whisper of the Heart, so I will talk about that a little bit too. <laughs> um, that one's also such a great film because I think growing up, I really loved writing. And so I could really relate to the main character of like wanting mm-hmm. to be a writer and be like enwrapped with a very fantasy story of wanting to escape high school. And fun fact, Whisper of the Heart is actually based on a real location in Japan that you can visit. And while studying abroad in Japan, uh, not only did I get to visit the Ghibli Museum in Mitaka because that was where my college was, but as well as visit the city. And, you know, at the train station, they actually, when the train comes in, play Country Road, which is funny because Country Road is not Japanese but it's the song they use in the film so it'll play country road and it's really cute so those who really love you know ghibli movies i would definitely say um those are places to visit right the mitaka museum as well as if you really like whisper of the heart there is the town it's based off of and if you climb up that hill there's actually like this that roundabout where originally in the film is where the um, antique store is, but there's actually a cookie store there, and you can get souvenir cookies. And there's a little there's a little seat that says "Whisper of the Heart" um, in Japanese. And my friend and I, when we visited, the storekeeper was so cute. He took our picture, and like we wrote in a journal where all other people who came to visit the cookie shop wrote like why they came all the way out. Um, so that's a really, really cute site. And then also to just plug in while we're at it, for those who are in California, specifically Southern California, or whoever decides they want to trek out to LA, the Academy Museum opened up yes. I last last month or it, so. It opened in... Um, the end of September, uh, yeah. I would say. Yeah. And mm. until June... There is a special Ghibli exhibit. And what I really love, so disclaimer, like if people are like, I don't really see a lot of photos about the exhibit. It was said by the Studio Ghibli specifically. They didn't want pictures to be taken. And I think that's a really good message of like, so you can go into the exhibit and fully immerse yourselves in whatever, like not try and spoil it, but immerse yourself into it. And the same could be said when you go to, the Ghibli Museum in Mitaka, they don't allow photos except for outside. So it really allows you to immerse yourself in the story and, you know, the artwork, which is still, I still am very partial and blown away for having hand-drawn. Like, I'm all for hand-drawn. It takes so long, years and years, and I think that's insane. Um, I've been to both museums and they're great if you're a fan of his work and you just get to see the story art, what the characters originally look like, how everything is put together. And they're playing the music in, I think, both museums. And it's just, uh, it's a fan's dream come true. It's everything you want it to be and more. Yeah. (laughs) So mine is pretty simple. I chose 
my neighbor Totoro because, <gasps> I mean, like, first of all, you got a cute rabbit yes. guiding you through life. Love that. I so cute and wholesome. I know. Yeah. And, like, the whole, like, world that they live in, besides, like, the spooky little, like, I forgot what they're, they are, but they're, like, little dust mites. <gasps> yes. So the little, yes. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. They, like, even though it's, like, a little bit spooky, it's not that spooky. And everyone in that movie is just so nice. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's so, I want to be there. It's so <laughs> loving and accepting. Yes. And I love it. And that's basically my only reasoning <laughs> why I want to live there. <laughs> it's my dream life. I want to ride the cat bus. That's one reason why. If I had to change my answer and I picked Totoro, it'd be for the cat bus. Cat bus. <laughs> I would go. I actually wanted setting wise, I think like Whisper the Heart, mainly because I think it basically like it kind of just like reminded me back to like when I was in high school and just like wanting to be like a writer, just loving books. Mm-hmm. And then I think Spirited Away, I would. This, oh, okay. If you, okay. If you ignore the the moments of danger I guess the moments where they're just calm I would love to be in that setting (laughs) you're loving wild (laughs) the parts where she's not like having her life at risk (laughs) oh my god you're so brave I would never I would never I could never (laughs) that's why none of the like lives I would live out in his world don't include magic or the spirits because I'm like I would not survive let's be honest I would cry myself to sleep every night Oh, yeah, I'm a jumpy person. No, yeah. no, no, no. I those, do not need any danger. Those, I mean, Haku is cute and all, but is he worth it? It's the question. <laughs> I'm going to do this for Haku. It's for Karina and I. It's not enough for us. No. With our answers, Karina, ours is like, we're just going to deal with the drama of high school. Yeah. Like, that, that's enough issues for living, us. <laughs> living in Japan, dealing with boy issues, making sure that life is going according to plan don't have to worry about anything else that's that's all we need yeah i guess like we also didn't touch because there's so many films so just like wanting to shout out like all the other films that he's done and Mm -hmm. like he also fun fact he's also done you know little shorts and um tv series so we're only just gonna talk mainly focus on the films so other films mm-hmm. that we haven't really touched upon would be Kiki's Delivery Service. I know that's <gasps> a lot of my friends' favorites. Oh my oh. god, I forgot about that one. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you can say Kiki's cute too, right? There's some magic, but it's still you that's know true. That's you Jane true. enough <laughs> to yeah. live out. You got Tombo, who's literally your personal cheerleader. Uh, you work in a bakery. You get a fly. You got a talking cat. What more could you ask for? <laughs> What other films that he's done? Um, and not just Hanami Miyazaki. I'm also just naming like the Ghibli, Ghibli one. So I would say my neighbor Yamada is the Yamadayas is like super funny if you just want to like laugh. It's very much centered centered around little shorts about this one family, um, which is really funny. There is also Princess Kaguya, which is about the Japanese folktale of the bamboo princess there is porco rosso uh, which is an interesting film um we have grave of the fireflies which i refuse to watch because i, I do not want watch to cry it. i want to watch <laughs> oh, it so badly i just have to be in the mood 
to cry because everyone is like, you are going to sob. You're going to be so sad. And I'm like, ugh. Even the poster, I was like, do I want to watch something that looks so sad right now? Let me get back to you. But I will say I have heard, I saw The Wind Rises or is it The Wind Also Rises? The Wind Rises. So I was going to mention that. That was one of more recent ones he's done. Yeah, it was supposed to be his like goodbye I'm retiring. <laughs> which movies, is not. Which is, I mean, he came back. I mean, I'm all for him, like, staying in the industry. Yeah. But I was also told I was going to cry in that film. Yeah. Actually, and, I did cry in that one. Oh, you did? Okay. I, I didn't, but I can't see how it would be emotional for some people watching it. So now yeah. I'm like, will I cry during Grave of the Fireflies? Or are people just oh, saying, no. I will? No. You definitely. I've okay. not seen it, but I know of it. You will cry. <laughs> okay. Let me mentally prepare myself. Yeah. I'm going to watch it sometime. I just need to be ready. Maybe someday I'll watch it. Maybe with someone so I don't feel as alone while watching it crying. Um, <laughs> what are other films that are by Ghibli? There's also Palm Poco, um, which is an interesting film about raccoons that, you know, for those who don't know, in Japanese folktales, some of them believe that certain animals can shape shift and so these raccoons are learning how to shape shift in order to try to save their forest so it's a it's a cute and funny film that has a, a couple of sad moments but it, it drives home the points about the environment um which is, which is definitely a recurring issue in all his movies because he is very that is something that he's very outspoken about I think yeah. in the interviews and day-to-day life. Yeah, so those who like can't check out right to the museums, you definitely should then check out like any of the documentaries. There's a couple. There's one called Kingdom of Madness Dreams or Dreams and Madness. I always like that, flip the two around. That I highly recommend that documentary. It's amazing. It's mm-hmm. I cried when I watched it. I was like, can Hayao Miyazaki please be my grandpa? He's just such a brilliant man and you get to see how he works and it's just such a great work environment, I think, that he provides to all his employees and just watching him work on film. It was on The Wind Rises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like based off his father's story, which I thought was even more emotional. Like when I watched it, I was like, oh my God. This is very, and it's it's based on World War Two, right? So it's uh, it's hard or World War One. I. I think it's World definitely War one, one. It's definitely one of the world. It, it was like, you know, backstory of it. It was very controversial when it was released. There were certain distributions that didn't want to have this film out because another key thing that he drives home is being anti-war. Um. And so this film was kind of about a guy who wanted to make airplanes because he loved flying. But unfortunately, during that time period, to be practical, airplanes were being used during the war. And it's also, you know, kind of a little bit controversial because they specifically talk about planes that were used during the war. So that that's an interesting. It's a lot more of a mature audience. Um, definitely yeah but definitely to watch when you're older um and there's also other documentaries i think there's like 10 years of Hayao miyazaki and another uh, documentary and one of them does highlight when 
Goro Miyazaki was creating from up on Poppy Hill and like his father was like over like you know kind of a little bit micromanaging overseeing that creation process um, but those are documentaries definitely to check out if you're ever interested in wanting to see some of the artwork and you can't see it in person at the exhibits um, at least you can try to see it through the screen um, and the magic behind and to hop that. on that, I think another part of the magic is really the scores that are behind each mm. of the films. And I feel like mo- for most of the time, he partners with Joe. We were looking up his last name. He, um, I always he, wanted- he saw Ishii. He saw Ishii. And I think they're just such great scores that and stories, you know, co- the two of them combined are so great. Mm-hmm. Is there Favorite a certain score, score that you that connects with you on a personal level i don't know i feel like all of them are so good that's the same yeah they are it is hard to choose like mine would be either Howl's moving castle or from up on poppy hill i think it's so hard to choose because like i definitely while i was in college what i would listen to on repeat i would go through different phases and one of the phases <laughs> i would go through would be piano version of Ghibli movies or specifically Joe um, Hisashi Ishii's like actual concerts um, so those were pretty pretty good to listen to um, definitely if like you're in mood for something more um, preppy from Up on Poppy Hill yes. or Totoro yes. those are Snaps pretty all good around. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing I really like about Studio Ghibli movies is just the whimsical element to it so I think for my favorite score, I'd probably have to say My Neighbor Totoro, even though it's not very entirely prominent. I think it's one of my favorites just because it's very like childlike and playful, which I really love about uh, that film specifically. Uh, yeah, I think to specify for me, I think it would have been like, yeah, like a Halloween castle, like the merry-go-round one. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, oh, yes. yes. That's a bop. <laughs> and, and then like there's there's Arietti song from Arietti. I don't okay. know. It's just it's like something like very uplifting. And also mm-hmm. you can hear there's also like multiple like language versions of it, which I thought are pretty cool. Yeah. If I had to rank my favorite movies, it would be Howl's Moving Castle. Of course. Shocker. No surprise there. So Howl's Moving Castle, Castle in the Sky, Spirited Away from Up on Poppy Hill, and Secret World of Arietti. Like those are my top five. And whenever anyone asks me, where should I start? That's the list I give them. I'm like, here you go. Here's five great ones. Go have fun. And text me. Let's see. What would I choose to be my top five? Um, I guess, like, in no particular order that encapsulates, like, how great the films are from this studio, I would say Nausicaa because that's my favorite and it's underrated. Mm-hmm. I would say Totoro because it is wholesome and childhood. Yes, I agree. Um, I would say Kiki's Delivery Service. <gasps> oh, Yeah. Sorry, it's very like... cute. <laughs> you just we keep forgetting about this. <laughs> what else would I say? Oh, it's so hard to like narrow it down to five. I know. Um, I put a lot of Princess... thought into it. Okay, well, I'm thinking about it on the spot, and I'm worried that I'm gonna miss one and regret it later. Um, 
I would say Princess Mononoke. Yeah. As my fourth one. And I would say from up on Poppy Hill, just because of the vibes of just yeah. like old Japanese setting. Yes. I get you. But I mean, I still do love, you know, Whisper of the Heart, um, <laughs> Halloween Castle, Spirit yeah! Away. I know I didn't name those, but. Basically all of them. <laughs> it's just really hard if you were to choose like five. So for me, my top five films, uh, they're pretty limited because I haven't seen any Studio Ghibli films until I was older and introduced to them in high school. But I think for my top five, I would probably say Ponyo, Spirited Away, Kiki's Delivery Service, and My Neighbor Totoro, and also Princess Mononoke. Uh, this is hard. Spirited Away, because that's basically was like my intro to it. And then... <laughs> um. Grave of the Fireflies, I remember watching that in college, and that, and I think, like, a lot of people in my class, including me, like, cried. <laughs> uh, God, what, what else? Um, Kiki's Delivery shit. Service. <laughs> <laughs> Why not Kiki's Delivery Service? Um, Show some love. <laughs> <laughs> the camera turns, but and I was combined with, like, Whisper in the Heart. Oh, yeah, um, that was a film, like, when we were listing things, I forgot, yeah. there is a, a couple that I missed, so that's good you brought up The Cat Returns. Yeah, because, like, The Cat Returns is apparently, like, a spinoff of Whisper the Heart. I think it's, it's prequel? A, sequel or, like, or sequel? I think it's a sequel, because it's, oh. Oh, it's really? her story, right? Yeah, 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 so, like, it's basically, like, her story comes to life, and I love that. And, um, she was a fifth one. I guess I will go Princess Mononoke. Okay. There are no wrong answers when it comes to that question, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every single one is great. And that sounds like a great place to wrap up our episode. So I just want to thank anyone who is listening. And episodes will be released every other Saturday. For updates, guest announcements, and more, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Our handle is at breakingtheegg underscore official. And thank you again for spending part of your day listening to us. This has been Breaking the Egg over and out.